Welcome everybody. Uh, it's an amazing time to be together. It's a fantastic time of year. No homework. Oh yeah. Lots of candy. Good family time. You know, but as amazing as the holidays are, they can be stressful. You can go into the holidays thinking this is going to be so relaxing. This is going to be so bonding. This is going to be so much fun. And if you don't have a good plan, the Grinch is going to visit your house and you're going to be waiting for January going, oh, I can't wait to get back in the normal routine. But we don't want the Grinch to run the show in our house. And so we got to put some things into practice in our way of thinking and our way of living to make sure that that joy is there, that that renewal, that refreshment is there, that relationships grow closer together. And I got to tell you, it doesn't just happen. You got to be intentional about what you're going to do. You got to have a good plan in place. It really helps. To have an awesome goal. You know, goal of purity, of innocence, perfection. And so I've got, you know, a good goal for all of us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's perfect. And he loves me a lot. Oh, yeah. But they've already blamed me for a calic in his hair and said, sorry, Michael, Lindsay is going to need expensive haircuts because of his uh, papa's hair. So anyway, but that's little Hunter Ronald Hammer. He was born on December 14th, seven pounds, 11 ounces. And uh, we're really fired up. But you just look at him and you're like, he's amazing. And so, you know, at least let that be an example of, of innocence and purity until, his, you know, his parents uh, teach him to sin, unfortunately. But grandparents will help straighten him out. You know, donuts and ice cream and frosting and things like that really help. So we've got our plans. But, you know, with the holidays... We got a lot of extra time. And the question I want to ask is, what are you going to do with your time? Now, if you remember the kids' movie, The Grinch, that's where our points are going to come from. You know, the first thing that we got to do is we got to leave our cave. Now, if you remember The Grinch, he was safely holed up in the Grinch's lair. It was that cave at the top of the mountain. And he was away from the rest of the world. And you know what? Sometimes we look at the holidays and we're just excited to go into our cave and immerse ourselves in aloneness. But that's not the best place for us to be. You know, we can't detach ourselves from what God wants to accomplish in your life and in the world around you. And I just had orientation for a graduate program that I've entered into. It's a two-year program. And one of the things they had us do in orientation is the idea to, to be aware 
of what God's trying to accomplish around you. And so the question was asked every day, what surprised you today? It could be good, it could be bad, but it was, what took you back? What did you take note of? What was it as you were living your life and you go, I did not expect this to happen. So often, we're just in our cave And we're not really connecting with God and His Holy Spirit and the world around that that you move in. And so the idea of this get out of the cave is think about what is God trying to connect you with? What are the lives that you're going to change? What moment, what interaction is totally unexpected? So at the end of the day, you go, that was really cool. That was amazing. But you know what? If, if you're stuck in a cave, you're not going to realize those things. You know, computers are great. Smartphones are great. Video games are awesome. But they can be a cave. It's amazing sometimes you go to a restaurant and you see all these people at the restaurant sitting, you know, with their eyes looking right at each other. No, actually, they're not. They're looking down at their phones. And I wonder, like, sometimes our married couples, are they texting each other while they're out to eat? Hey, how are you? Uh, But we can lose touch. We can be around people the whole time, but we're just immersed in our own world. Our eyes got to be up. And I think about what, what Jesus says in Matthew 5. He says, you are the light of the world. Verse 14, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I want us to set a goal that we're going to be that light. You know, the issue is not, are you shining? Jesus says, you're the light of the world. You are shining. The question is what you're doing with the light that's shining from you. Is it under a bowl? Is it in a cave? Is it hidden? He says, no, we gotta get, we gotta get out there. We gotta look and say, who's God trying to connect us with each and every day? God has amazing connection opportunities with people that are 30 years older or 30 years younger. Getting to hear their story and having those unexpected moments that you in the day and look back and you go, that was pretty cool. God orchestrated this so that we could have this connection. But that won't happen if you're in your cave. So put your phone in your pocket. You put it on silent and look people in the eye and engage. As you go on your merry way, Make sure your eyes are up and you're looking for those opportunities and you get out of the cave. What's the second thing I want us to do? Get unstuck. You remember this? The Grinch was going down the chimney and he got stuck. Yeah, the Grinch is not the only one that gets stuck. You ever get stuck in a cycle of just bad thinking? Like you know you're in a funk. You know you're not in a good frame, but you just can't seem to get out of it. And you keep trying to not be in a funk, but you keep getting pulled back into that 
that gutter, sometimes we get stuck. Dude, God knows how we're wired. God knows how you're wired. And he's got some helpful input for us over in Colossians chapter 3. That's what you do when you're stuck. You're like, I don't know what to do. I feel discouraged. I don't know what to do. I feel afraid. I don't know what to do. God says, I got something for you. Here's what you need to do in Colossians 3. In verse 10. He says, and you've put off the new self, or put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. You know what's amazing? God wired us with feelings and emotions, but just because we feel something doesn't mean it's true, right? Like you can see something and think it's a snake and go, oh! But it wasn't a snake. You just thought it was. And so we can get stuck into patterns of our reactions where we're afraid, where we're discouraged by certain things, and we feel it strongly, but that doesn't mean it's true. That's just how we respond to it. That's our perception of it. And what God tells us to do, He goes, let my word renew you. And so here's a question for you. With what you think, with what you feel, with how, how you respond, when you're stuck, let God's word tell you what to do. Find a situation, find a scripture, and go, what does God's word say is true? Okay, I'm going to let that determine how I respond. Yeah, think about how much time we spend being emotional about things that God would completely disagree. You know, like when we say, well, does God realize what's going on in my life? And we're afraid that somehow he's missed what's going on with me. And then God says, I know the number of hairs on your head. When you brushed your hair and two or three or ten of them came out, God did the math at that exact nanosecond. It didn't take it, you know, it didn't take it ten minutes for God's awareness to update. You know, you didn't have to refresh the browser. It's instantaneous. And yet, how many times do we feel afraid or scared like somehow God doesn't know what's going on? God doesn't know what I'm feeling. God doesn't know what's making me afraid. And God says, I know exactly what's going on in your life. He says, be renewed. You know, one of the greatest things about the Christian life is the power to change. Being hopeless to change is miserable. You know, that'd be like going out for a sports team, and on day one, the coach, you know, looks at you and says, I'm sorry, you are so pitiful. You're going to end the season as pitiful as you are right now. You'd go, uh, I want a different coach. The coach says, we're going we're gonna to make you better. Your skills are going to become better. But sometimes in life we feel hopeless like I can't change. I've tried and I can't. I tried to work on this before and it didn't work. I wanted to become more spiritual and it didn't work. I was studying the Bible and I wanted to change, but I didn't change. And I'm afraid. 
that I may try again and it's not going to work. God says you can be renewed day by day, but it's the new self. It means you've got to get rid of the old way of thinking and say, what does the Bible say about how you feel? And then say, if God's word says it, this is the truth. So that's what I'm going to go with. Get unstuck. When you're stuck, can people tell you that you're stuck? Or are we defensive in our stuckness? Sometimes we need somebody on the outside that go, what's wrong? You ever been there? Nothing. How are you? Fine. You don't seem fine. Yes, I am. Quit bugging me. I'm fine. Uh, we need we need others from the outside. Because God will use His Word and He also uses other people. But God's Word can get us focused on healthy thinking. What can I do in that situation? Mark Mancini always told me, Ron, respond, don't react. Reaction doesn't factor God in. Response is weighing... What's a good response? What's bad? What's the Bible say? What's not? Reaction doesn't take that time. You just react. It's a good lesson for each one of us as we enter the holidays. What's the third thing I want us to do? This. Give to others. And if you remember, even at the end, they served Max, the dog, the roast beast. You got to remember the dogs in your life, right? Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. You know, you get to the end of a long year, and sometimes what you think is the answer to the drain that you feel is being self-focused. And it never is. Logically, it makes sense, right? If I can just be self-indulgent over the holidays, that will Fix me. I'll be refreshed. The Bible never says that. Now, it's good to get a good night's sleep. The Bible says that that's a good thing. But there's a difference between getting a good night's rest and being self-indulgent. The Bible does not say, whoever is self-indulgent will himself be refreshed. It says something that doesn't make sense. It says, no, when you focus on refreshing others, when you give to others, when you encourage others, Others, when you meet others' needs, this is, in the end, you'll be refreshed. You see, and that's, that's what the Grinch hadn't figured out in the story until the very end, right? He was so annoyed by the Who's in Whoville. And he thought they were only happy because they get all these presents. And so he stole all the presents. But they were still happy. And then he realized that there was something more in play. And that when you give to others, in the end, you end up giving to. So what's that look like? When you walk into a room, who can I encourage? Who can I help? You know, there's a difference between being uh, waiting to be asked for help and going and saying, how can I help? Say, so what do you need? Young or old? 
you know, sit down and give that encouragement. You know, I'm, I'm just so proud of all of us as a church and just the different needs that are met. And, you know, we talked about the Christmas party for uh, the, the children and families at the DCFS. And it's just an amazing time of encouragement. But like today after church, the Grant family group, they're going over to the convalescent home. They're going to sing, they're going to sing songs for people who are shut in there and just encourage them. You know, and you can join them if you want. But that's just amazing. That's just something that they do just to, for the encouragement of others. It's like, what's your mindset? It's like, how can I help? What can I do? If you set your heart on those things, in 2018, you're going to start the year refreshed. On the other hand, the Bible says, if you, if you go into the holidays going, no, I just need a little me time. It says, I can promise you, you're going to begin January tired. Unenthusiastically. You will not be renewed. You will not be refreshed. Say, so what's it take? Give to others. How can you give? You can give through song. You can give through conversation. You can give through a hug. You know, just as if you're in the mall shopping and you're in a long line. What's that? It's an opportunity of people around you to give to, to encourage. If that line's extra long, why is that? Because God has a plan for you to even give more to the people around you. That's why there's a long line. So how are you going to set your heart? You know, I love at the end of the Grinch, when he, when he figures this out, then you got this. And you remember the line? He got the strength of ten Grinches plus two. And that's just the way it is. When, when you put God's Word into practice... You get that strength. You get that energy. You get that faith. And I want to close over in Titus chapter 2. We're going to be taking the Lord's Supper together. And again, God, God knew how we're wired. Let me get over there myself. And this is a great passage that illustrates this concept. And it says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. You catch that at the end, just eager to do what's good, but what was the source of that strength? It's the grace of God. It was the giving that God did. It was the giving that Jesus did when he sacrificed his life on the cross. It was not... A life of self-indulgence. It's one where God loved you so much that He gave. And Jesus loved you so much that even though He was sinless, He went to the cross 
in our place. He took our sins. Why? Because he knew we could never be a sin offering for our own sin. Without the cross, we're hopeless. No chance of salvation. And so Jesus said, I'll be the solution. I'll meet the need. I will give my life. The very thing we're talking about of our heart and of our mindset and of our attitude going into the holidays, we didn't invent that. Jesus went before us. And it's that that gives us the hope. It says this grace of God, and it teaches us to say no. Who says no? We say no. Why? Because the grace of God. We see what Jesus did for us and we go, how can I live in sin any longer? I gotta change. I gotta repent. I don't want to waste my opportunity. It says it redeems us. It's incredible. And it says to purify for himself a people eager to do what is good. Isn't that amazing? That when you connect with the grace of God, you end up motivated on the other side. You know where Satan wants you to feel when you, when you think about why you need grace? Guilty. Satan wants you to be just guilted out because you have fallen short. You're a miserable person. God says, no, no, no. The, the grace of God has appeared. You can have a clean slate. And at the end, as we connect, what happens? We become eager to do what's good. You say, Ron, sometimes I just lack motivation. Connect with your need for the grace of God. When the grace is personal, you don't want to change in a week or in a month. You want to change now. Not because somebody else is telling me to, but it's my conviction. We're going to be taking the Lord's Supper together. We've got some amazing holiday time in front of us. Are you going to be in your cave? Are you going to be out there serving others? Jesus laid down his life, the ultimate act of serving, to wipe our sins clean. And purify for himself a people eager to do what's good. You have the ability to change lives. You have the ability to impact others. Let's all set our hearts and our minds to stop the Grinch. Let's imitate the heart of Jesus Christ. And as we take the Lord's Supper together, set our minds and our hearts on having that same attitude through the holidays as we give and as we encourage. Let's bow together as we pray and take the communion together. Father, it is amazing when we gather before you to experience your grace, uh, just to see the impact on those young hearts as they sang this morning. We know you're just so thrilled with the love and adoration that they have. And we want to have hearts like your son Jesus. And as we take the bread, as we take the fruit of the vine, Help us set our minds and hearts to imitate your Son. 
to make that sacrifice, to live lives for others. And besides everything, in the end, we end up being refreshed, which is just incredible to think about. Father, you have so many opportunities for us to impact another life over the course of the holidays. Help us to set our minds and hearts on things above. Help us to be renewed day by day. Help us to give to others. Thank you for the cross and what it means in our lives. We love you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.